This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Hello, and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast that took too long to ask riders to do the welcome intro. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. So as we're starting off this podcast, I feel like we need to have a little bit of chat about the abstract concept of predictions. I mean, what really is a prediction anyway? It's a guess. Is it a good guess? Who knows? We can't know. Well, not until the event actually happens. So why do we even do predictions? They don't change anything, but we still do them. It's crazy, right? Well, anyway, as most of you know, I like to put out a series of graphics before big meets that do a rundown of who we expect to win in each of the head-to-head matchups in a meet. Is that a prediction? Maybe. Uh, I tell you who we expect to win. Am I just guessing? Maybe, but not really in the way that you would typically think. You see, dear listener, I have this giant spreadsheet of every head-to-head ride that has happened this season. And I use that spreadsheet to judge who I think will win in an upcoming set of rides. When the lineup sheets get posted on social media right before the meet begins, I quickly go and I enter in all the riders' names that are matched up against each other in every event, and then my spreadsheet will throw up a wins, losses, and ties record beside each rider's name. It also converts that record into a winning percentage so that I can compare the two riders going up against each other. So say if rider A has won 100% of the time, and then rider B has only won 50% of the time, um, and, you know, they've done about five, six, seven meets by this point in the season, then you would probably feel very confident in saying something like, hey, we expect rider A to win. I mean, who would not be okay with that? It's just simple facts. Now, I'll grant that past performance is not a perfect predictor of future results, but I feel like it's better than nothing at all. And right now, I have 1,136 records in my spreadsheet. That is a lot, but it's not enough. There will never be enough to perfectly predict what will happen in a meet. Sports just don't work that way. So I guess I'm saying all this because this weekend, in a meet that was kind of important, Uh, The stats were very not helpful in predicting the winners in these matchups. And I think y'all know the meet that I'm talking about. We're going to talk about that meet in a few minutes, but I guess I really just wanted to go over what those matchup graphics are, how those predictions are made, and, you know, all of this will become important later in the show. So now, without further ado, let's get into some meet recaps. Recaps. Now this past weekend, the fighting Pembrokes of Minnesota Crookston headed out west to California to do battle with a whole host of teams. On Thursday, Minnesota Crookston squared off against a tough-to-beat-at-home UC Davis squad. And it was pretty much all Aggies from start to finish. This was only a four-rider per event meet, and thank goodness for that or else it would have been even more lopsided. UC David just blasted the uh, Golden Eagles 15 to nothing. All of the events went 4 to nothing to UC Davis, except for horsemanship, where Bell Sand earned a tie against Davis's Jordan Swing. Sand actually had a really good weekend. She is starting to make a name for herself in the NCEA, but we'll talk about her more later. 
This was a good win for Davis. It's their third of the year, and they really looked impressive. Um, That was the only meet on Thursday, so over we go to Friday. Now, there was a meet scheduled between Auburn and TCU for Friday, but that got canceled because of winter storms uh, going through Texas earlier in the week, so that meet did not happen. But back we go over to the Golden State. In California, we have another uh, Minnesota Crookston meet. This time, they're at Fresno State. Going into this one, these two teams were both the last two remaining winless teams in the nation. So somebody was going to go away with their first win of the season. And that team was Fresno State. The Bulldogs really dominated. They got the big win 13-3. to uh, The flat and horsemanship events went uh, as 4 to nothing sweeps for Fresno. In fences, it went 3-1 to for the Bulldogs. Uh, but the Golden Eagles had their best showing of the day in reigning, which ended 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Crookston's Belle Sand got the MOP here, and uh, I was talking about how great a weekend she had, and this is part of it. So this was a good win for Fresno. It got them in the win column. It also got them ready for their next meet against Baylor that would happen the next day. But before we talk about that, Baylor and Minnesota Crookston would ride against each other, part of it on Friday and then the next part on Saturday. So we're just going to go ahead and recap that one here now. Baylor won 10-3. There were a whole bunch of ties in this one. Uh, fences was two to two, flat was three to nothing for Baylor, horsemanship went three to one for Baylor, and guess who was the one for Crookston? Yep, Bell Sand. Uh, and then reigning went two to nothing for Baylor, with Bell Sand also getting one of those ties. So you know, I'll tell you, if I were the Minnesota Crookston uh, SID who was doing all the write-ups of these meets, those articles that you see on their um, team websites, I would have the headline be something like. Sand, highlight of Golden Eagles California trips. Because, you know, it's like the beach and then her name is Sand. Anyway, it was a good win for Baylor. Uh, They needed some of those recently and Crookston, you know, came along and gave it to them. So uh, as far as the Golden Eagles go, even though they didn't get the win, they competed well and they showed that they're building their program up there. We're into Saturday, so let's just keep right on moving. The next meet to talk about is South Carolina at Georgia. I kind of figured Georgia would win at home, and they did, comfortably. Uh, The final score was 14-6 Georgia. Here's how it went down. Georgia won fences 3-2. They won the flat 4-1. They won horsemanship 3-2. And they won reigning 4-1. So yeah, you know, if you can outscore your opponent in all four events, then you're going to win the meet most of the time. In fact, you're going to win the meet every time. So real big win for Georgia. It moves them into second place in the SEC standings. It gets them back in the wins columns as well. And for South Carolina, you know, these road meets are just tough. Speaking of tough road meets, now let's talk about the meet of the week. Number three, Auburn at number four, Texas A&M. Okay, so when the matchups came out on this one, most of them favored Auburn. Um, and that wasn't just me playing favorites. That was me basing, uh, everything on the data from that 1100 record spreadsheet I told you about earlier. According to the numbers, it looked like Auburn was going to dominate in the jump and seat events and do okay in horsemanship and then struggle some in reigning. But that is not what actually happened. In fact, the opposite of that is what happened. Fences went three to two for A&M. Flat went 4-1 to one for A&M. So there you go. Those two jumping seat events went the opposite way. Horsemanship went 4 to nothing for A&M. And reigning was actually even. It was a 2-2 two to two split. So 
when you add all of that up, you have a 13 to 5 beatdown by Texas A&M. Oh my goodness. So, you know, I don't really know what to say exactly. Uh, It was just a terrible day for almost every favored rider in that meet. Over half the points were won by a rider who has a smaller average winning percentage than her opponent did. It was just crazy. Um, But this was a tremendous win for Texas A&M. It moves them up into a tie uh, for second in the SEC with Georgia. And for Auburn, well, you know, the Tigers are still number one in the SEC standings, but this was still a disappointing road trip by pretty much every measure. Um, Let's see here. We have a couple more meets to recap, so let's just keep right on going. Baylor at Fresno State. Now, Fresno got that win the, the day before against overmatched Crookston, but could they do it again against a Big 12 opponent? Yes, the answer is yes, emphatically even. <laughs> uh, the event breakdowns go something like this. Uh, Fences was a 5 nothing sweep for Fresno. Flat went 3-2 to two for Baylor. Uh, horsemanship was 4-0, to zero, which is a dirty sweep for Fresno. And reigning was a 2-1 to one rock fight that was won by Fresno State. You add all that up, and you have a 13-4 big-time win for Fresno State. Good job, Bulldogs. Now, even with that win, the Bulldogs are still last in the Big 12, but they're trending in the right direction. So who knows what's going to happen next for them. Uh, For Baylor, this was a tough loss. They really could have used a good road win, but alas, those are so difficult to get this season, and they did not get this one. Now, our final meet recap is of a single-discipline contest, Uh, between Sweetbriar and Georgia. The Vixens are the number two single discipline team in the nation right now, and they typically get about one or two points against these uh, dual discipline schools in these crossover meets. So let's see how things went on Saturday. Georgia dominated. They won fences four to one, and they won flat uh, four to nothing. Uh, But a shout out, you know, we'll give one to uh, Sweetbriar's uh, Catherine Atherton for her lone point. She got them on the board there. So yeah, these crossover meets, they typically don't have a lot of drama, but what they do uh, allow is for the bigger schools to get some of their less experienced riders into the lineups, which Georgia saw several of theirs do on Saturday. Uh, And for the smaller schools, it's a nice chance for them to see how they stack up against top competition. Sweetbriar did about as well as you would expect, so good job to them. And that has been the Meet Recaps. 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 So we will take a short break, we will listen to an ad or two about some awesome product or service, and then we will get back for the second part of the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. So, we did some recaps. Now let's talk about the rankings. As longtime listeners know, I am currently engaged in a crusade to expose the NCEA rankings for the Travishamocracy they are. Which is to say, I tend to disagree with about 25 to 40% of them. Uh, but still, we strive for perfection on this show, and you, dear listeners, deserve to know when the NCEA voters mess things up. So, Let's go look and see what they messed up on. Uh, Number one is SMU. (laughs) 
so yeah, fine, you know, that's accurate. Uh, they're undefeated. Undefeated is undefeated. You can't do better than that. They're number one. No argument there. Number two, TCU. <laughs> All right, I agree with that. They have one loss at Baylor, but uh, they got some good wins too. They did not ride against Auburn this week, but that was not their fault, so that's fine too. Now, number three was Auburn, uh, but come this week, it almost certainly will not still be Auburn. Instead, number three will probably be Texas A&M. The Aggies have three losses, but that Auburn loss is just a distant memory now after this past weekend. Uh, Their home loss to TCU does not seem so bad since TCU is number two right now. And the road loss to Georgia might get evened up later in the season. So, yeah, even though uh, they have more losses than Auburn does, the Aggies will probably move up to number three. Now, number four should be Auburn. The Tigers have two road losses, but also have some uh, road wins and have won all of their home meets. So, Auburn's number four right now. Number five was South Carolina, but I kind of feel like it should be Oklahoma State. Yeah! The Cowgirls don't have a lot of wins right now. Um, They're kind of getting some help by the other teams around them just losing. But after this past weekend, it is really hard to justify keeping the Gamecocks ahead of OSU. So even though the Gamecocks have more uh, wins, I'm still going to move the Cowgirls up. Number six, I'm going to say, should be Georgia. (laughs) The Bulldogs recovered nicely to start the spring and their win over South Carolina was larger than the Gamecocks' win over them in the fall. So, yeah, Georgia's back up to number six now. Number seven should be South Carolina. (laughs) The Gamecocks will likely fall down two spots after that big loss to Georgia, but since they beat Baylor in the fall, there is little danger that the Bears will jump them in the rankings. Speaking of which, the very important eighth spot in the rankings goes to Baylor. This is the final spot that will get into the National Championship Tournament. And even with the loss to Fresno State that happened this weekend, the Bears should still remain number eight, you know, unless the voters are just completely smoking dope or something. Now, the number nine and number ten spots don't really matter, but it's nice to know who could challenge Baylor for that final spot in the National Championship. So, uh, number nine in the NCAA rankings is UT Martin. but it really should be UC Davis. Hello, you. Now, the NCAA doesn't have the Aggies ranked at all. Uh, At number 10, they have Delaware State. Probably on the strength of that Georgia win in the fall, but okay, Uh, UC Davis has a win over Auburn, and Auburn is ranked higher than Georgia. Also, UT Martin has two wins. Their wins are South Dakota State and Delaware State. So I'm sorry, there's just no way that UT Martin should be ranked higher than UC Davis. Uh, But fortunately for all of us, the two teams are going to meet at a neutral site in about two weeks, and that is when I will have my vindication. So while we wait for that vindication weekend, let's look at some meets that will occur this weekend in our Meet Previews. All right, big weekend, lots of meets to enjoy for both the smaller and the bigger schools. First up, on Friday, single-discipline Lynchburg will seek to reassert their newfound dominance over Sweetbriar. 
Uh, for those of you who don't know, Sweetbriar used to beat Lynchburg every time they rode against each other. Then, in the national championship final last season, Lynchburg finally beat Sweetbriar for the first time ever. Since then, they've ridden, I think, one more time, and Lynchburg won that. So, for the first time ever, I'm going to go ahead and pick Lynchburg to win this one. I think the Vixens were a little off their game at Georgia this past weekend. I think Lynchburg is riding really well right now, and I think the Hornets are going to get the win. Maybe 5-3 or 6-4 if it's just a 5-on-5 meet. So, that's what I think you're going to get there. After that, Minnesota Crookston is going to be at South Dakota State. I think the Jackrabbits will take this one probably 12 to 4 or 15 to 5, depending on the number of riders. Uh, so basically, it's going to be Bella Sand and then two or three other people from Crookston getting some points. After that, Delaware State will face the Jackrabbits. DSU is the stronger team. I mean, they, they beat Georgia. So I'm going to say this is going to be a comfortable win for the Hornets, probably 10 to 6 or 13 to 7, depending on the uh, number of riders. Then we're going to jump over to California. TCU will try to get an elusive conference road win against Fresno State. So, boy, now this is a tough one to predict because on paper, I think TCU should win by about four or five points, but these road meets are just brutal this season. Can Fresno State win this one? Yes, they could. Will they? No, I don't think they will. I think the stats will prevail. I think TCU is going to win in a close one, maybe uh, 11 to 8. Over we go to Saturday. We have more Minnesota Crookston meets. Uh, This time it's going to be against Delaware State. I think DSU gets the win here. Say about 18 to 2. Guess who the two for Crookston will be? Probably Bell Sand. This is really turning into the Bell Sand podcast. That's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Moving right along. Delaware State rides against South Dakota State. Which state is better? Probably Delaware State. It might be close because it is on the road, but I still see this one going about 12 to 8 for the Hornets. Then we have TCU versus UC Davis. The road team always tends to do better in the second of these uh, back-to-back road meets. So I'm going to say that TCU wins by about 13-7. to UC Davis might get the upset, but I think the odds just favor uh, TCU. Then we have Texas A&M at South Carolina. All right, so this is a big one for the Aggies. If they can get the road win here, they will move a half game behind Auburn in the SEC standings. Can they do it? This will be tough. Uh, the numbers suggest A&M is more talented, but then you got these road meets, man. I mean, what's you going to do? I say Texas A&M will get the close win 11-9 over the Gamecocks. Next, we have SMU at UT Martin. Again, another road meet. Uh, for the Well, there's always a road meet, but anyway, you know what I'm saying. SMU, they're tough. They're number one. This would be a great opportunity for UT Martin to shock the world and get this big upset. I just don't think they have the firepower to do it. Um, I think the Mustangs are going to remain undefeated, probably win this one 14-6. Then, the last meet of the weekend is Georgia at Oklahoma State. Now, you remember earlier when I said Oklahoma State probably doesn't have the record to justify their ranking. Well, this meet right here would change all of that. A win over Georgia would justify their ranking and give the Cowgirls a lot of confidence before heading back into conference play. I think OSU will get it done, winning about 13-7 over Georgia. And that is all of the meet preview. All right, I think that was a very good show. Uh, We are right back into the thick of the action. 
But before you know it, the postseason will be here and we are going to be talking about trophies and national seeding and trips down to Florida. But until then, that's all for this episode of War Horses. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. I thank you very much for listening and War Horses. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.